Let me ask you a question. Do you have a deep knowing that you're only just scratching the surface of where you're capable of taking your business growth? Are you successful but have some invisible hurdles that are slowing you down? Business growth comes from creating and implementing strategies and frameworks, but strategies and frameworks on their own will not take you to the level I know you desire and are capable of. Living in alignment with your unique human design will help you to attract the abundance you are ready for. And I've just created a free guide to help you understand your unique human design blueprint. It's called the Human Design Advantage, and you can get your copy over at samanthariley.global forward slash advantage. Leaders Business Lab is for you, the business owner, entrepreneur, the expert in your field who wants to be seen and heard as the influential thought leader in your industry. My name is Samantha Riley and I've been building and growing businesses for over 26 years and I've learned there are three key areas to your success, your mindset, your talents and the people you surround yourself with. Each week, I interview successful entrepreneurs and deep dive to discover the exact strategies that they have used to build their business so that you can experiment and implement these strategies in your business too. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Welcome back to another episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab. I am your Thursday co-host alongside my fabulous co-host, Tim Hyde. How are you going, Tim? I am well. Samantha, how are you? I'm very well. Samantha, even. Samantha, it's almost like you're in trouble. <laughs> I know. That's what I felt like. I'm like, what have I done wrong? <laughs> uh, no, I, I'm sure most You haven't done anything wrong. It's good to be back for yet another Thursday episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab podcast. And of course, we're getting some fabulous feedback from everybody. So I really appreciate your engagement, guys, both in the community and your endorsements and feedback directly to Sam and I and, and online as well. We've got a really cool episode today, don't we? Yeah, we've decided to talk about our predictions for 2020. And obviously, predictions are not fact. These are just what Tim and I have seen brewing and where we guess they're going. Although I think you've got a really big prediction, Tim. Do I? What's your biggest prediction Um, for 2020? My biggest prediction at the moment is that I'll need glasses. Because I can't see, I'm, I'm, I'm actually was told the other day that, you know, as you, as you age, your eyeballs squash into different shapes and therefore you can't see the same stuff anymore. Right? Really? Yeah, I, I, heard it was, a, I heard it was the muscles that were getting shorter or longer or more lax or something like that. If there, are, if there are any optometrists listening, please let us know. Yes. Um, have a referral right here straight away. But I was trying to take a splinter out the other day and couldn't actually focus on it, which was... Oh, yeah. I haven't been able to read labels for way too long. <laughs> yeah. so that's my 2020 prediction. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. That's a good prediction. But... We're going to talk. That almost sounded like a legal, legal standard, though. We, we think these might come true, but we're not really sure. <laughs> well, that's what predictions are, right? We can only we can only guess. We're not we're guessing or we're coming from an educated perspective. But at the end of the day, no one really knows. Some people have a more educated view than others. Why do you do that? Why do you make predictions? I think it's really important to make predictions so that it helps you to focus on what's changing around you and helps you to basically set up 
you know, it's like the, the bumper bars on a bowling alley, right? We need to have things in place so that when things do change or when they potentially go wrong, that we have an idea that they could be coming up. We're a little bit more prepared for it rather than just suddenly waking up like a lot of people did in the 2008, you know, global financial crisis and lost their businesses overnight. It's a, it's a scary time. So, you know, paying attention to what's going on around us potentially helps us put things in place so that we're a little bit more prepared for when things go wrong or when they change. This means I actually have to watch the news again, doesn't it? No, don't watch the news. That I, I think that <laughs> I've always, I've always said to Leon because he was a, you know, a news watcher when we met. I'm like, seriously, if something really bad happens, someone on Facebook will tell me. <laughs> but I don't want to watch the news because it's all doom and gloom, and there's so much more to life than doom and gloom. And just because I'm not watching it doesn't mean it's not happening, or doesn't mean that I'm not doing something about it or helping people. But I think that watching the news puts people in a really negative frame of mind. Anyway, uh, not no, not at all. On, on with our navel gazing. Navel gazing. Tim Hyde. No. That's horrible. <laughs> oh, you surely have heard of that phrase before. I have. I think it's a gross phrase. <laughs> it, it means to look at one's belly button as a method of aiding in meditation and reflection. There you go. Okay, so... Navel gazing for you, <laughs> discussing world topics for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you and your highfalutin stuff. Now, oh, if you're going to do this, right, if you're going to do your own predictions for your business, for your particular industry, where do you think you would go to get some ideas of what it is to happen? Right? Obviously not the six o'clock news. No. So there's a lot of emails that I subscribe to. I subscribe to my business. That tells me a lot of what's happened previously, which also does help me to focus on what could happen in the future. It's subscribe to futures platforms. And there's a, a few other emails that I subscribe to that predict or give me ideas of what's happening in the world so that I can have a quick look through. So I know that at the beginning of the year, I got an email that told me all about globally what was happening on the political scene, you know, just like really high level kind of stuff so that I can plan. Well, if I know that there's an election at that time, that's probably not the time to do a major launch. So this is the kinds of things we're talking about is using what we know is coming up or in actual fact, what we predict. So, and they're two different things to plan what our year could look like or where we're going to pay attention to our marketing budget or what we're going to do on social media. And I think that's what it's about. It's about really preparing. Yeah. Look, I would agree. I think, you know, having, I mean, if you're in the space, right, if you're in the tech space or the marketing space or business or whatever in your particular sort of industry sector that you work with, you've got the thing, you've got your finger on the pulse of what's happening in the conversations that are going on. Right? So that's a sort of trusty gut instinct, is, is, gut instinct is one. If it's somewhere that you don't necessarily, uh, not necessarily across, I, um, I subscribe to a couple of futurists mm -hmm. as well. And, and interestingly, what they look at, you know, in terms of trying to predict not just what happens in 2020, but what ha what's going to happen this decade, next decade, the decade after that, in terms of mm. how life change. 
and sort of trying to glean insights out of that that we can sort of use in our business, you know, to plan for that future, right? to, to make our business more robust to changes and, and be more prepared to take advantage of it. And I think just before we, we came online, it's a little bit like back to the future and going to sort of steal that sports almanac you know, and, and be able to predict the sports results for the next 50 years. Which sounds <laughs> super <the> cool. <laughs> <laughs> right? You know, if you know with, with certainty about what the future holds, you can position yourself in the most advantageous position to take advantage of that future. And there's something else that I wanted to mention quickly, because again, you and I did have this chat before we came on, that we were talking about 2020 project- projections. There, I did it again. Projections. <laughs> 2020 projections. And, you know, you, had, you picked me up and said, we're not talking about the next decade. But I think it's really important to note that I believe that we're really at the beginning, a lot of the tech advances and this, you know, the social and the online marketing advances, like things have changed a lot in the last 10 years, but what happens this year will gain momentum and it will change. So even though they don't necessarily happen this year, we kind of need to be able to look even a little bit more into the future to know where to put our long-term goals or our long-term planning. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's, um, without further ado, let's get into our projections. <laughs> <laughs> predictions. Oh my goodness. I'm just oh, on fire. <laughs> our predictions. Now, the first of those, of course, is that I think this year, particularly, I think we're going to see a lot of political instability, both in the US and Australia. We've got, we know we have US elections um, in November. In November. Right. Um, and sort of we'll have a sort of big caretaker period, I guess, um, you know, in the US as, as Donald Trump, uh, <laughs> who's now the impeached Donald Trump, um, will, you know, try and get back into office. And of course, with that sort of monkeying on his shoulder, there's a, a, a pretty good chance that he won't get reelected. Um, and we'll see a big sort of changing of the guard in the US. Now, you know, political changes, of course, start to really impact just about everything else we do, right? So mm. they'll, impl- they'll influence you know, environmental policy, they'll influence the economy, they'll influence the social landscape. You know, there's a lot of things that, you know, a change of government impact. And mm. potentially in Australia, particularly with ScoMo getting raked over the proverbial coals, mm-hmm. you know, around all the, the response to and preparation to bushfires. Now, whether or not you think the government could have done anything five years ago when he wasn't in government about fuel reduction and all that sort of stuff and being prepared for it is neither here nor there, right? The fact say, that this has happened. We're having, yeah. Yeah, this has happened now and it is the current conversation. Now, whether the party go, GOMO can recover his political foothold before 2021 elections in Australia, which will be sometime between March and October, or they go, no, we need to change the guard right now so that our new leader has a foundation to run into the 2021 elections. And we know that, again, changes in leadership in a political context do have those on, on those flow on effects. We always knew, like right back from when we started business, that people hold on to their money in election times. No one knows why. No one can, can actually explain why that happens, but it does happen. So knowing that there is some instability there is, is just, it's just good to know. Not to blame anything or not to, to be able to say, oh, well, it's because of that we're not making sales. That's also not what we're talking about. But just to be aware that things are a little bit unstable. It does mean that, that you need to stand out more. Right? Mm-hmm. If you are going to get that share of you know, the pie post-election or even pre-elections, 
that you do need to kind of, you know, stand out more. And that's what it actually yep. means, right? Absolutely. You know that certainly in Australia and, and particularly in Canberra where I live, you know, that the government shuts down for a good six months and there's no spending at all. Mm, yeah, so you're in the city that would feel it the most. <laughs> everybody's hanging on to their cash to see what happens. Now, it does mean that straight after an election, there's a lot of this big influx back in, but it's around that uncertainty. You know? mm. and, and when people are uncertain, they're a little bit more conservative. Absolutely. So knowing that, that's what we're talking about. I guess that's the foundation of really knowing what could be coming up so that you can really tap into what we're talking about today and make sure that you're ticking all the boxes. So the first thing that we're going to talk about is greater leverage using automation. And this is definitely your wheelhouse, Tim. This is definitely your genius zone. So I'd love you to take us through where you see automation going this year. Yeah, look, I think it's going to become increasingly important. Over the last few years, we've seen the amount of money spent in MarTech, which is marketing technology, massively increase, more so than any other marketing sector, mm-hmm. right? even more than social media spend. Mm-hmm. Right? The amount of money invested into MarTech has massively increased. And we're seeing the sort of results of that marketing, that spend in marketing technology across the board. I think I was put a post up on, on LinkedIn yesterday showing how someone could save, you know, per salesperson $10,000 per year in productivity on one follow-up thing, right? Mm. Taking a five-minute task into a one-minute task. And we're going to, I think that's going to, that trend will continue and accelerate, not just in 2020, but the rest of this decade. Yeah. And companies that aren't investing in some form of marketing automation technology to drive both external communication and internal process will be left behind. Right, they'll lose their competitive edge. Yeah, and where, where that will really start to hurt people that do get left behind is they won't be able to keep up from a, an economic standpoint because they're going to be running at much, much higher costs so they won't be competitive anymore. Also, they will be slower in you know taking people through a marketing pipeline or a sales pipeline. So it's something that you definitely, definitely need to pay attention to. We've sort of moved into this era of on-demand everything Mm -hmm. on-demand tv if i want to watch something i press the button and it's on you know i yell at you know my google home and say you know hey google please fold the washing (laughs) (laughs) and does how does that work for you tim i don't know how to do that (laughs) (laughs) but we do have this environment where we've we we, you know increasingly have this on-demand society and with the global economy now if i can't get it immediately here I'm going to get it immediately from somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And you're very right, Sam. I think that if you're kind of not evolving your business to take advantage of of how technology can improve efficiency and communication, that you are going to find that you are slower to respond and you're delivering at a much higher cost, which of course is going to squeeze your margins and and, and make you much less competitive in the market. Uh, You know, if you're not in this space or not looking at your business now, you do need to kind of start investing in that to maintain your edge. And just before we move on, I really want to shine a light on what you just said there, Tim, which is invest, because I think that too many people think about automation technology or any technology in our business as a cost. And that frustrates me to tears. It really does, because it's it's an investment. It's not a cost, because we are getting some sort of monetary return back from it. So I think you really need to change your thinking around bringing these processes and systems into your business. Yeah, absolutely. And you're replacing your time with something that does takes that leverages your time. 
So, Absolutely. Yeah. I'd, I'd rather be, the best one. yeah, I'd rather be going to the gym than sitting here behind a computer. That's saying something. <laughs> I'd rather be going to a bar. <laughs> <laughs> you can join me after the gym. Okay. The other thing I think we'll see sort of just in this sort of general business space as well is that the cost of online marketing is going to massively increase. Mm-hmm. Right? We saw it and we do see it sort of every Christmas, you know, that, that um, the cost of, you know, that impression um, increases, the cost of that eyeball increases. I think we'll see, you know, potentially, if not double, a 3x increase in you know, that cost of acquisition and that, that cost of online marketing mm-hmm. this year alone. Yep. Not, not even the rest of this decade. You know, back in, back in the day where I used to sell a, an impression for one cent, you know, that doesn't exist anymore. Yep. Well, yeah. I remember when Google AdWords started, they were so cheap and now they're very expensive and we're already seeing and we have been seeing over the last 12 months and even probably a little bit longer, you know, Facebook ads really taking quite a steep increase in their cost. And sure, there's going to be marketers around that say, well, we can still get it for cheaper than you. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the cost of Facebook ads as a fact is going up and it will start to push people out that are, you know, that are at, at ground at ground floor, I guess. Those yeah. costs will start to, to get higher and will start to push people out. And I think that what this means for you as the listener, as the business owner, is that you need to start to become more creative, start to really think outside the box in how you can market online without taking the, what I call the lazy route. Mm. Yeah, no longer can you get one cent leads or five cent leads. You know, even ten dollar leads will become a thing of you know qualified leads will become a thing of the past. You're going to spend a lot more. You won't be able to get away with a ten, twenty, thirty dollar a day ad spend. Well, you can, but you'll get one, (laughs) one or two results, and then you know you'll disappear from view again. Right, so. Certainly as a brand advertising strategy, it's going to become increasingly more expensive, which of course, you know, comes back to our, the, the, the previous prediction, Sam, we've got to become more efficient as businesses so that we've got those resources to be able to put into things like ads with the same yeah. thing. Also, let's look the other way. What it does is open up the opportunity or, and this is where I think the, yeah, the opportunity is to, to get around those ad spends or not get around them, but to really attract higher quality leads is to really, really pay attention to your personal brand. That's going to become increasingly more important moving forward. You know, we've seen it become more important over the past few years. It's going to become even more important moving into 2020 and beyond because this is how we're going to be able to negate those cold leads. It's um, about having people that follow us so that the leads are warmer when they come into our world. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, another prediction that you know, it's almost the complete opposite from from automation, isn't it? Is that the personalization and personal connection? I think is going to become increasingly important as we get into this automated space. You know, the value of that personal interaction will be higher again, won't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And we talked about this in an episode last year when we were talking about running live events and how to get speaking gigs. We, we, we touched on this. As people are more connected in the online space, they're craving connection even more so. They want to connect with us in person, but they also want to be able to connect with us even if it is via personal message, DM. That will actually increase a lot this year. We'll see that more mass marketing and a mass ad going more into people's inboxes. 
having mm. those one on, so we're still essentially having those one on one conversations, but having them more in, in a personal message or a DM on Instagram or, you know, a, a, an email on, on LinkedIn, those conversations are more one on one and more personal. Yeah, they are. And I think also, you know, I guess my, my thoughts around that are that people won't, and we talk about, we're going to talk about chatbots in a sec, but people won't expect necessarily to get to you in that personal mm. conversation. Or not at the beginning. Not at the beginning. Right? They will want mm. to eventually want you, but they'll be okay talking to a VA or a salesperson. Right? But again, as long as that VA or salesperson has identified themselves as not being you, it comes mm-hmm. back to that, in that personalization. Mm. It says, hey, it's Joel, Sam's VA here, just wanted to reach out. How can we help you best? Right? Might come from your account, but I think people are going to be increasingly okay as we are increasingly okay with chatbots in terms of being able to direct our conversation a little bit better. Absolutely. All now, right. Where are we going next, Tim? Let's, 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 while we're on sort of the theme of marketing, let's talk personal brand. Yeah. Now, that was and- a big thing in 2019, this you know, emergency of this idea of the personal brand. Um, where do you think that's going, Sam? Yeah, and I did talk only just a few minutes ago that it is going to become increasingly more important. But my prediction, and I actually pretty absolutely solid on this that personal brands are not just a pretty picture anymore they're going to need more substance i think the instagram influencers are going to have a really hard year and i did have a bit of a giggle when i heard gary vaynerchuk saying the other day that there's going to be a lot of instagram influencers this year going back to get a job and i 100 percent agree we we don't want to give money to people that don't have any substance anymore that are just flitting around and doing nothing where the brand is more about themselves than the value that they're providing to people. And so that's the key. What value are we providing? What is the substance? What are our methodologies and what do we really stand for? I think these need to be at the forefront this year. So start to get real clarity on what it is, what you know, what you teach, what you stand for and create something that's really rock solid rather than something that's flimsy because there's just, yeah, we we want more now. Yeah, I think that comes back to that authenticity thing that was also thrown around a lot with, with personal brands about, you know, are you just putting on a face for your fans or is that really you that, that they're actually yeah. kind of connecting to? And even if we look at, you know, influencers like Kardashians, even they have substance, right? They run, it's not just their social media presence. They've actually got their fingers in all sorts of business pies as yeah. well. Not you know, and yes, they're saying, "Hey, this is all the stuff we're doing," and people are like, "Oh my god, look at all the stuff you're doing! You don't you look glamorous?" But that's part of that brand that they're sort of creating. But they do do lots of other things as well. If they did nothing, you know, an influencer for the sake of being an influencer, you're famous for being famous. Mm-hmm. That tires very quickly. And, and where then, I can but, see this even more is I think that your personal brand needs to have more connection with your audience moving forward, and I see this a lot in the world of speakers, for example, where there might be a a beautiful image, you know, on Instagram and and on the website portrayed of of a speaker that's fantastic. Yet you go to an event and they walk off stage and they snub everyone. I think that, you know, that is not what we want anymore. We want to connect with that person. So I think that that's a major opportunity for people that really value human connection. Be real, people, be real. Absolutely. All right. Now, Another prediction. Let's go with <laughs> quality matter more. Yeah, and this goes on from what we were just talking about with personal brands. I think that the barrier to entry for 
entrepreneurs and especially in us in the expert knowledge coaching space has been exceptionally low, which means it's easy for people to come in and set up their business. But that doesn't necessarily mean that their quality is there. And I think that this is going to, to hurt people a little bit more moving forward. That quality, not just in what we're showing up as, but in what we're delivering will matter. Yeah. I think taking that one step further, Sam, is that it's not just the quality. It's also how, how succinctly we can articulate that. You know, you listening are good at what you do, but how well you can articulate that in now what is in a global market? We've seen this massive and increasingly sort of growing, you know, online education, online coaching space. And even just, you know, a few minutes ago, I was having a conversation with someone about how they're taking their coaching program, you know, from physical to, to online. And it's one thing to sort of create an online program, you can do that, right? But being able to articulate the value of that online program and the influence, the, the, the impact that that has on someone who then buys it from you, it's very, very difficult when you have that disconnect of, you know, physical space. So it's about the quality of how you're presenting your IP as well. How are you able to, you know, tell people what it is you do and how it's different to other people? What's your, you know, your USP, your unique selling proposition? What is your unique methodology that makes your thing so much more valuable than others? So so that's quite deep. That's quality of what it looks like, what you're presenting, quality of your communication, your message, your language, your programs. That's quite a lot of stuff, Tim. All right, let's go for a controversial one, Sam. Something that we... (laughs) I know where you're going to go to. (laughs) (laughs) But TikTok won't take off. Yes. I'm going to go against Gary Vaynerchuk here too. I don't think it will take off. Why, Why don't you think it'll take off? I mean, is this another Periscope, right? Nice idea, right? I think it's already gone further than Periscope. Like, I think we already have to agree that it's gone further than Periscope. I don't know, mate. You know, the prediction is I may be too old to predict this. (laughs) 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 Because to me, there's just no substance there. It's like, how many people can do that? some, you know, crazy music TikTok challenge? I don't even know what it's called. But, you know, people doing exactly the same thing over and over and over. Surely people will get bored of that really quickly. Surely. Oh, well, I I haven't seen my son on TikTok. Yeah, that's always a good litmus test. I don't know if your okay. kids are on. Well, my um, kids are a little bit older, you know, they're, they're heading towards their 30s. So, um, so mine's almost 14. So that's always a good test for what, what social media <laughs> is to do. But I haven't seen him, I haven't seen him on TikTok yet, you know, or, or trying to build a sort of TikTok audience to do his thing. But I think we've, we've got this flash in the pan thing. And coming back to that, that previous prediction about substance, right? Is there enough substance in TikTok to make it kind of interesting, you know, to make, to have it long, long have it, have longevity okay or is it just that i'm interested in this like tamagotchis and and then that's fun for a little while and now i'm bored and and that's kind of the the way that i see it because it's super cool the first couple of times you see it because you know it's very snappy it moves really quick for those that don't know what tiktok is it's a, a social platform that mostly teenagers are on that is video based and that it was musically and did move to TikTok. Um, so a lot of music based videos and they move really super fast. You know, they're cut together. They've got fancy things happening, but as people have seen the same thing over and over, is it just going to be like, Oh, I'm bored now. I'm moving off that. Like, you know, the, Okay. I don't That's know. not to say that TikTok won't take off this decade. We're just not thinking it's this year. 
<laughs> All right, now, let's something move that's, away from TikTok. <laughs> something that suggests that TikTok might actually have a future or a version of a TikTok is that I think we'll still have shorter attention spans. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, we are increasingly surrounded by um, you know media devices, right, and and messages over and over again, right? It's almost impossible to drive down the street now without not seeing two or three extra you know, portable billboards mm-hmm. <laughs> on the street. We, we, if I, <laughs> I had to look at it, my screen time on my phone uh, it says nine hours per day. Oh, wow. <laughs> Crazy. Oh, oh, it's uh, shameful, isn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah, right? yeah. We are increasingly surrounded by devices, right? We see increasingly... Um, people sort of, you know, sitting in front of the TV at night, you know, with a second device mm. or third device. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I watched my son, you know, um, over our Christmas holidays, literally, you know, have his face in a device the entire time. So we are going to see these things. And I watch his habits and the habits of my clients. And we see these little short attention spans. And Look, I, I can so, see it. I was interviewing someone this morning and we were talking about video and we know that video is a huge part of online marketing. However, it was really funny that the person was, that I was interviewing is exactly the same as me in that we can read faster than we can watch a video. Like you can only speed a video up so much. So it was quite funny that we were both saying we don't watch video because it doesn't move fast enough for us. We would rather read a post because we can skim through it really quickly. And Leon laughs at me or I laugh at him because he'll watch a whole seven-minute video. I'll flick <sighs> off after 10 seconds and he'll be like, what are you doing? I'm like, I've got the gist of it. I'm good. I'm moving on. If you look at... And if you are tracking your video stats for the stuff you're putting out there, you will see a pretty significant drop-off you know, after 10, 15 seconds. Right? So there you go. I'm um, not the only one. Yeah. So you can, if you're putting videos on Facebook, you can actually go through Facebook Business Manager and actually look at the performance of your videos and see where people are dropping off. And they've even got your through plays now, um, which used to be you know, a 15-second video view or mm-hmm. a 10-second video view. And you know, they do take, still take two- and three-second video views. So if you can get your call to action out in a video in two to three seconds right, and some context for that call to action, good luck to you. Yeah, I was gonna, but, that was exactly what I was about to say. Good luck. Well, you know, maybe we need to change. Maybe the prediction is that we need to put the call to action before we actually explain what it's for. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know that that'll work, but... Was, hey, buy from me and stick around if you want to find out what. <laughs> yes, yes. So because these attention spans are going to be shorter, we do need to, that comes back to, and these things all do integrate when you think about it. Again, comes back to how much our personal brand or how clear we need to be on our messaging because we need to be able to get that attention span a lot quicker. Yeah. Well, that's someone coming up that, again, that short extension span. It means you don't write a thousand word email. Mm. So somebody expect them to read the whole thing. Again, I was we're dealing with another client this morning who had literally, I think their first email introduction was almost 1,500 words. Wow, that's really long. Gone, that's, really, that's a really long email. <laughs> um, you don't even have the attention span of someone, you, know, you don't have the relationship with them yet to earn enough of that time. Yeah. Right? So keep your emails three to four sentences, you know, um, two, three paragraphs at most, you know, keep your videos short. I mean, I've been looking at doing a 10 second automation tip, not a one minute automation tip, a mm. 10 second. Wow. You know, we see the engagement on videos, you know, people aren't watching with the exception of Leon seven minute videos or even five minute videos. Actually, right, so. I will jump in and give you one caveat here. There are some people that I will still watch a seven minute video 
And it comes back to exactly the same thing that we've already mentioned twice before. They are people who are spot on with their message and they've got a depth in their, their knowledge and the value that they're providing. I will still watch a seven minute video when I know someone's on point, but I won't listen to rambling for seven minutes. I bet you didn't start watching seven minutes before you got to know them. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. They, you're right. They earned that. And that's exactly what you just said. Yeah, you're smart, did, yeah. Tim. Ah, oh, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, now last but last. <laughs> All right, so last but not least, and you sort of hinted on that right now that I think, you know, again, because we have this global market, because we have more distractions, we have more things popping up in our in our news feeds and, and, and so on, that attention is going to be harder to get, right? It comes mm. back to that increasing ad cost mm-hmm. um, as well. Attention will be harder to get. So the more specific the more succinct the more you're on point with who you serve and what you do for them is going to be increasingly important this year Mm -hmm. i would 100 percent suggest that this is the year that you work with someone to get very clear on your ip and exactly what it is that you know and how you are different because if you don't get really clear on this, you're going to blend into the vanilla of other people that are doing something that's similar. You might think that you're doing something that's the same as everyone else, but I can guarantee you're doing it ever so slightly differently because we're all unique with our experiences, with our knowledge, with what we're good at. So you are unique. Spend the time to really understand what it is that makes you unique so that you can really get that, that clear message that other people understand why they would want to work with you. That's right. And I don't, we're not suggesting that you only sell to bookkeepers named Dave. Although you could. <sighs> you could. You could. Someone like me wouldn't. Be, sounds a bit boring. <laughs> no, <laughs> you're right. That's, that's, oh, that's <laughs> yeah, sorry, Pete, we're not working <laughs> with you this year. <laughs> no, you're right. That's not what we're suggesting at all. But it is, it is about really unpacking your IP and getting very, very clear on your, your, um, your zone of genius. Absolutely. Hmm. That was a lot of predictions. That was. That was a lot of predictions and hopefully it helped uh, It helped you get clear on why we want to use predictions in our business and how we can use them to set ourselves up for a successful year and even to, to really have a look at what we're bringing in or laying down as the foundations for this year moving forward. Sam, I'm going to give you one more prediction Okay, I reckon is absolutely positively money in the bank. You can... Right? In that next episode, we're going to talk about how to successfully take your offline coaching business online and then how to get clients for it because I know that's a challenge a lot of people have. Absolutely, but it's something that you and I have both done successfully. So we might actually know a couple of things or two and we're going to share them. And maybe. Oh, come on. (laughs) Thanks for hanging out with us here today. We've had a blast. I know Tim and I had a lot of fun preparing for this show and we're looking forward to uh, coming back into your earbuds next Thursday and talking about that. But if you've liked today's show, we'd love you to give it a share on social media or pop onto iTunes and give us a review. We'd love to give you and your business a shout out on social media. So when you leave that review, please uh, jump onto the podcast page and just let us know that you've left a review and let us know the website that we can forward people to when we uh, give you a shout out on the show. Tim, it's been great hanging out with you here again for another show. 
Absolutely, Sam. Looking forward to next week and we'll see everybody then. Ciao. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. But before we go, have you joined us in the Thought Leaders Business Lab community on Facebook? If not, jump over there right now and connect with other entrepreneurs who are also building and scaling their business. See you next time in the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Thank you.